NetCredit is here to say yes to a personal loan or line of credit when other lenders say no. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partner. NetCredit. Credit to the people. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of an infection including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. For the only talk radio show you'll want to turn up. Crank this thing. Sirius XM Pandora presents the place where your hard rock and metal voice can still be heard. You got your ass, baby. Unfiltered, uncensored, say whatever you want. Hit the record button. Anything can happen, you know. I know that ain't nobody out there came to be mellow tonight, now did you? I say, I say there ain't nobody. I say there ain't nobody not out there that even wants to be a little bit mellow now, is there? Anybody wants to get mellow, you can turn around and get the fuck out of here, all right? This is the Trunk Nation Podcast, Podcast. with host A. Trunk. What's up, everybody? It's Eddie Trunk. Welcome to another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. New episodes every Thursday, wherever you get your podcasts. And all the interviews you hear on the Eddie Trunk Podcast originated live on my Sirius XM radio show, Trunk Nation, which is heard live Monday through Friday, 3 to 5 Eastern, Faction Talk, Sirius XM Channel 103, or anytime on the Sirius XM app. If you only listen to this podcast and you can get Sirius XM, you're only getting a tiny fraction of what I do on the radio each and every day. Come on board and join us. If you're not already a subscriber to Sirius XM, you can get three months for free and hear what you've been missing. You can stream it through the app or listen on your radios, and you don't need a credit card for the three-month trial. All you got to do is go to SiriusXM.com slash Eddie Trunk to sign up. Three months of free SiriusXM. Hear me every day on Trunk Nation, on Faction Talk 103, or like I said, on demand on the app. We got two great interviews for you this week on the podcast. Uh, we're going to start with Ann Wilson, lead singer of Heart, who actually was on my show, Trunk Nation, uh, earlier this week. She was in Monday, so we're bringing you this one pretty quickly. She was in with her guitarist to talk about the new band they're doing together called Trip Sitter. 
During this interview, you're about to hear, I ask Ann Wilson about the future of Hart and if they will do anything. And Ann says that, stand by, there's news to come. What I didn't know was the next day, Hart announced their first show in three years in Seattle on New Year's Eve. So keep that in mind as you hear this conversation, because hours after we wrapped up, Hart did announce a show, Ann and Nancy coming back together. So that's cool. But Ann Wilson talks about her amazing voice, her new band, and a little bit about Hart as well. We'll do that first. Second interview today is with one of my favorite songwriters and a total character, Dave Perner, lead singer and songwriter of Soul Asylum, one of my favorite bands from that genre and era of rock music. And uh, Dave joined us to talk about an MTV Unplugged concert from 30 years ago that is being released featuring Soul Asylum. That'll be coming out. It's already out for Record Store Day. It'll be coming to streaming platforms very, very soon. So we'll get to Dave Perner second. We'll open with Ann Wilson. Here she is on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Ann, nice to talk to you. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm very good. And Ryan, nice to meet you. You too, Eddie. Great to be here, man. Thank you. Thank you. So Ann, tell us about this band and how it came together. It seemingly kind of dropped out of nowhere, but listening to the record, I mean, it sounds like a band that's been together for a while and it's great songs and there's a great vibe to it um when did you first put this together and how did it come together well about two years ago i had some some demos that i wanted to work on so and i'd always wanted to go work at the muscle shoal studio in alabama so i i went over there and i had a musical director tom bukovac who um i asked him to gather up some musicians and bring him in to help us do these demos and he brought most of the trip sitter guys that are uh that's now trip sitter and we just hit it off we just hit it off and then when tom decided not that he couldn't tour with us he couldn't handle it uh we brought in ryan who is the newest member and um is our guitar god at the moment forever and ever ryan that's 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 heavy <laughs> that's a heavy uh that's a heavy uh, crown to carry, don't you? I mean, you oh, yeah. play. I'm sure you're a great player, but you're you're you've got to be the guitar god, man. Are you up for that? <laughs> oh yeah, most definitely. <laughs> He's a golden god. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, this is my dream come true, and this is my favorite kind of stuff. I've been only you know rock and metal and all that stuff my whole life, so. This is all I've ever wanted to do, so glad I found Anne, or she found me. I was going to ask you about your background as far as a player. Had you been in a bunch of other bands before, or anybody we may have known of or um, with? You know, I've done all kinds of varied stuff. I live in Nashville, so I ended up doing all kinds of different things. But, you know, I've mm -hmm. done all kinds of things. I've played on tracks with Chris Cornell and done gigs with Gene Simmons with some of his uh, solo guys, that, friends of mine in Nashville that I think you know. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and uh, and just all kinds of varied stuff. But my whole life has always been Jimmy Page and Eddie Van Halen, and since maybe seven or eight years old. So this is uh, this is right up my alley, as they say. And I imagine it's pretty incredible to be on a stage and hearing Ann singing up there with you. It's the, pretty much the best thing ever, I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> and she wants us so, to play so more Ann and play loud, so. Right. So Anne was was Trip Sitter an existing band or is it something you formed? We formed it together. And um at first they were called the Amazing Dogs and then they decided they wanted 
a name that was a slight bit more elevated. So they named them, themselves Tripsitter. Okay. Yeah, and when you hear the music direction-wise, although there's definitely some some hard rock and stuff on there, um, Reign of Hell comes to mind, uh, Ruler of the Night comes to mind as a couple that jumped out to me that being a hard rock guy I really like. There's also a lot of texture to the record. There's a lot of variety within the record. Is that what you were going for? I mean, I would think that if you wanted to make a straight up more hard rock record, you would have done something that sounded like heart. Although this is your voice, it really doesn't sound like heart to me. Am I on the right path with that? Am I getting the right takeaway on that? Yeah. Trip sitter is a whole different entity than heart. And it's, it, it sounds completely different. Um, it's very tight and, um, heart is kind of more with an acoustic guitar at its center and a little bit more expansive, you know, um, I'd say Tripsitter is a lot more rockin' of a band. We uh, we purposely went in and did this record with each song being sort of its own animal. We didn't want to just arrive at a calculated rock format and just try and make the songs fit into that. We just wrote the songs and then hoped they all could live on the record together. And they do. Yeah, they really do. So let let me ask you this, and I've talked to so many artists in my career who have come from or come out of or are still in very established legendary bands and they try to get something new going. And it's and inevitably, you know, it's the best of intentions and they're really excited to do it. But when they get out there, they realize it's very very difficult and sometimes the fan base from the other band most of them do not come over or connect with it for whatever reason. So are you up for that? Are you up for what is involved in trying to get a, essentially a new band over at this point in your career? Well, um, no, I've never been up for that type of thing because this, like whether you're in Heart or whether you're in Tripsitter, this is really um, a lot of work and a lot of commitment, you know, and sacrifice. So you want to go out there and make it be so good that the fan base will come over. And that we're not having that problem right now. We're getting a lot of people, like the most deep-cut fans ever from heart, coming over and going, wow, this is awesome, you know. So we're doing it right so far. Yeah, I was. it was interesting to see that you, you've already done some live shows. You've got more coming up. Uh, you pick up again in... Uh, next month on the 28th, Fort Wayne, Indiana, you go to Akron, Evansville, Clearwater, Florida. Uh, there's there's a few there's a bunch of shows uh, through December 11th that I'm looking at right now. So you went on the road right out of the gate with this. What's making up your set list? Are you doing heart songs as well with this band? Yeah, it's a mix. And I think that's kind of what's helping bring people over, too, is that they know they're they're going to get to hear what they want to hear, and then we throw in a couple of the new songs as well and mix them up. Um, yeah, we've done 56 sh shows so f since July, and um, it's just getting bigger and bigger. It's it's great. Momentum. And and the other, the other thing about the record, which is called Another Door, and again, it's out now, is when immediately when I saw the cover... The cover of the album jumped out at me. Yeah. And then I was like, that, and, and a lot of my favorite records, some of my favorite, you know, old bands, UFO and things like that. I'm like, that's kind of that sort of artwork. And then I looked at it and it was in fact 
the uh, the company Hypnosis. There, so there's a story to the cover, right, as as to when they they started working on it. Yeah, um, uh, we wanted something because our last album, Fierce Bliss, the uh, album art was by Roger Dean. You know who worked for Yes. And sure. It was a piece of art, and so we thought, well, how do we follow that? And of course, it was with hypnosis because they did the dark side of the moon cover and the houses of the holy and like so many great iconic covers we wanted to go that route so um oh yeah uh, Aubrey Powell the actual artist that worked on it and I just told them like they said what do you want and I just said I want you to depict a door someplace where it's not supposed to be just like all of a sudden someplace wild there's this door that pops up in front of you and <laughs> that's what they did it's like a 40 foot high green door out on the beach yeah it's it, people who have seen uh the, the the artwork of of uh that particular company know full well what their stuff looks like as a matter yeah. of fact i just heard there was a there was a documentary done on hypnosis i've not had a chance to see it but it just came out i'm really curious to see it actually that's right yeah me too i haven't seen it yet either yeah i'm looking forward to that and there was a great moment online and that i saw i think it was yesterday or two days ago on your social media where you heard a trip sitter song on the radio for the first time introduced by elton john tell me about that yeah well uh you know it's the it's the latter part of a long tour leg and I was really tired and I had to get up and I was feeling kind of sorry for myself and sort of wrong side of the bed-ish and uh, I stumbled out turned on my radio on the tour bus and there was our song This Is Now and when it was over here comes Elton John saying and that was you know Ann Wilson and Trip Sitter Ann's one of the best singers ever and it, I, I couldn't believe it because it meant so much coming from him, you know. I've always been a huge fan, and um, he taught me really a lot when I was first starting out singing. Yeah, I mean, and it, was that the first time you heard a Trip Sitter song on the radio? Yes, yes, it was. And it, it really reminded me of when the first time I ever heard a heart song on the radio, which was Well, Magic I wanted to ask Man. you about that. Yeah. When was When and where was that? That was up in Canada. Um, it was Magic Man, and it was coming back from the grocery store in Vancouver. And, and it was just me and my dog in the car and a bunch of groceries, and uh, they started playing Magic Man. And you probably remember the first time you heard yourself on the radio, right? Yeah, but see, we don't when, when you're on the radio, you don't really hear yourself back because it's live. So it's not like hearing a, a record played. Like you make a recording, I'm live, live. So I would only first time I ever heard myself back on the radio would be if there was a replay or something, which didn't happen. I mean, I've been in radio forty years, so that only was a recent thing. Right, right. Well, anyway, it it was really it's a very surreal experience. Yeah, uh, because it's it's you disembodied. And it's something that you know so well, but there it is coming out of the radio, the public radio, you know, and it's, it's, uh, yeah, I was pretty blown away the other morning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's so cool. I thought that was so cool because that's my, my mind went to like 
this is like a whole nother thing for you to have this happen for that band. But then my immediate thought was, I wonder where Anne was the first time she heard a heart song on the radio and to have heard Magic Man. I mean, of course, back then you didn't have a cell phone or anything, so you couldn't call anybody. You just have to yell out the window. It's me on the radio. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was uh, me and my dog pulled over to the side of the road because I couldn't drive. Um, I was so thrilled. I just had to pull over. And uh, me and the dog listening to the song, and she was tipping her head, you know, because she heard me singing. She heard it was me, but it wasn't me, you know. So (laughs) it was pretty funny. Yeah, there was no social media or anything there to post about back when Magic Man came out. Too bad, unfortunately. No cell phones, nothing. (laughs) Right, exactly. Um, So... uh, your your plan is to tour with this band again through next year. I mean, do you have an do you have an outline into twenty four with this? We're gonna do one more leg this year, uh, uh, in December, and then I'm not at liberty to discuss further plans at this time. Okay, can you Sorry. can you tell can you tell the audience if there is any future plans for Heart? Is Heart still a band? I can say. That heart fans have a reason to feel optimistic. Oh well, that's encouraging. Yeah. That's all you can say, though. Yeah, I really can for for legal reasons, you know. Okay. But, yeah. But you and Nancy are cool, and there's hopes oh, to do things again. Yeah, we're totally cool. We're totally okay. cool. Yeah. All right. That's that's great to hear. Um. Would you like to make another heart album at any point in your career? Can you can you say that? Well, it, um, if the songs are there, <coughs> excuse me, if the songs are there, we decide whether they're right for heart or right for trips it or um, it's just the songs dictate where they go, right? You know, right? And they don't exist yet, so I can't answer that to be honest. And you know, Anne, I wanted to. I always wanted to talk to you about this. And and this was when when Hart finally, long long overdue, went into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I thought you guys handled that as well as anybody could do it. And what I mean by that is, there's so many times you see bands go into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and it's so much an event for the fans, right? Yeah. As fans, we get so excited and push for our bands to finally get in there. And there's a lot of times where bands have gone in and there's been divisions with past lineups or whatever, and they won't play with them or they ignore the other guys or they won't be on the stage at the same time, regardless of what's going on. And then there's times where the band pulls together and does it the right way and does it for the moment the right way. And to me, Hart checked every box, regardless of whatever's going on with various past members at that time. You went up there, you did a couple songs with them. You did it the right way. Can you talk about that going in and what those discussions were like and how you were able to pull that off and make it so good? Yeah. Um, with Heart, Heart's been together for so long that um, we've had a few different generations of players. And um, there was a whole generation of people that played all through the 80s, like for 10 years, Denny Carmasi uh, and... Mark yeah. Andes and those guys, and um, they were completely overlooked by the Rock Hall. The Rock Hall told us who they wanted to induct, and it was the original lineup. 
um, the Magic Man Crazy on You lineup. So we just said, yeah, okay. And we got together with them uh, the day before and did a off-site rehearsal. And it was very strange playing with them again because they're very uh, white. Uh, they're they're very up and down, left and right. There's no swing factor. You know, there's like a whole different type of type of um, greaselessness that that particular lineup doesn't have. You know, uh, since then we played with Mike Inez and we've played with all different kinds of people who are more, um, like I said, greasy and just. There's a whole lot of swing to it. So that was the most unusual part for me is going in and playing crazy on you with with this up down left right type of type of feeling to it. Do you follow? Yeah, I, yeah. I, yeah. Well, there, yeah, it's different era. It's different guys, and and I get all that. I I mean, just but just from the standpoint of like like look, you know, being being a big Kiss fan, I pushed like hell for Kiss to go in, right. and then they finally went in. They they never played because they refused to play with the two original members, Ace and Peter. So as a result, they didn't play at all. So wow. And there was no tribute. There was nothing. And I was at that induction. So the, the fans got shortchanged after wanting that moment so badly for so long. And what I always thought was so cool about what you guys did and what Cheap Trick did and many others is they, for that night, they buried whatever shit was there and they went and they did it for good bad whatever they did it for the fans for the moment for the hall and i i just got so much respect for yeah. how you guys handled that that night well thank you yeah that i think it was a good thing to do because those people um still are all still living and they're it meant so much to them to be included and so it worked out fine it worked worked out great and and lastly ann i mean myself and you know, Ryan sitting next to you and Elton John on the radio <laughs> have all <laughs> commented about your voice and the enduring power of your voice, which you can hear on this record and Wilson and Trip Sitter, Another Door. Again, it's out now. You can hear it on the old heart records. You can hear it on new music like this. It, to me, it's remarkable in that you you don't lose anything and so many singers as they get older do um I, I mean i don't know if you have an explanation for that but i mean i've talked to one of the other guys that comes to mind that can do that are other musicians in this case a guy is a guy like glenn hughes i've talked to glenn about it and glenn doesn't have an answer for it glenn polluted his body more than anybody else as he'll be <laughs> the first to tell you and he's still great steven tyler polluted himself still great so it's so odd how some people can hold on and be so good later on and others fall off a cliff you're still so good as this record proves and the live performances prove do you attribute that to anything or is it just luck is it work do you, tell me how that works well it's it's work and it's sacrifice and um these days i pay a lot more attention to uh making sure I warm up before a show. I didn't used to warm up at all in earlier years. I just go out there and blow, you know, but but um these days I spend an hour warming up beforehand and it really helps. It it really helps keep things strong and clear and relaxed, you know, and that's that's really what it's all about. 
I think a lot of people, as they age and the voice gets lower, they don't pay attention to their high register anymore. And so the high register goes away. It's use it or lose it, you know. Do you feel as a singer there, do you feel there are things that are harder for you to do now than they used to be? Or do you feel like, oh, you do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those super high notes that I came up with when I was 23 are not as easy now. (laughs) But, uh, but you know, if I warm up enough, I can, I can get them. I can get there. And, uh, I take a lot of pride in that, that we haven't changed keys. We haven't, um, taking the keys to crazy on you down lower or, you know, anything like that yet. So I saw a tribute, I saw a band recently do alone. And I was like, this, this woman is not going to go for that. Ann Wilson stuff. There's no way. And she didn't. (laughs) Well, yeah, that, that big high note in alone. Yeah. Right. Um, Yeah. I got tired of doing that. after a while because people would just wait for that note there's a whole song there but people would wait for that high note and the crew called it the touchdown and all that and i just got (laughs) tired of having it be so singled out so i stopped doing it and i heard about it you know where's the high note Is there? Give me the one in your catalog that's like. Is is that the one or like? What's the one that's like the, like that you painted yourself into the corner the most that you're like, damn, I got to do that tonight. Damn it, yeah. Um, well, it's probably some of the super high parts on Crazy on You. I painted yeah. myself into a corner, <laughs> but, but but I try real hard to get there with them because it's important to the song. Yeah, well, you do. I mean, I, I've seen you sing, and it's it's remarkable still, and it's uh, you know the the power. And and if anything, I and I don't in listening to Tripsit, or I, I mean, I almost hear like maybe a little bit of a at times a little bit of a different vocal thing where there's almost a little like gritty thing in your voice. Yeah. Um, did you go for some different stuff with this? Well, I just think that's the that's the years. That's the that's the miles, you know, and yeah. that's uh. That's all the thousands and thousands upon thousands of songs. And just that's living. You're here yeah, and there. Yeah. Well, it's uh it's a great record and uh I encourage everybody to check it out. It's out now. Ann Wilson and Trip Sitter. Another Door is the name of the record. And again, dates resume on uh November twenty eighth in Fort Wayne, Indiana. So you got a little bit of a break coming up. And then uh, you'll you'll get back out there on the road again, and you do play some heart songs. And then fingers crossed for all the heart fans. It sounds like we got something to maybe look forward to next year, right? Optimism, optimism is a good thing. <laughs> Bring right. it. All right, we will stay optimistic. And uh, Ryan, uh, great to meet you, and great to talk to you. And uh, any closing words from you? Man, just super glad to be here and meet you too man because this is like tms head from the uh, og days so. oh and uh, did you see when ann and nancy were on my old tv show oh, man, i've seen all of them we- <laughs> but uh but yeah i'm just glad to be here and talking about some cool rock stuff with one of the greatest there ever will be yeah well ann is definitely that for sure so well thank you so much uh ryan best of luck to you with this Thanks, and and ann best of luck to you as well it's always thank great you. to to talk with you, and uh, we'll keep an eye on it. And I hope to catch a show myself. Okay, God, I hope you do. Yeah, man. Yeah, out. for sure. We'll treat you right. 
I appreciate it. Thanks so much. Uh, good luck the rest of the way. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Right. Bye-bye. Well, big thanks to Ann Wilson. Check out Trip Sitter. That record is out now, and Ann is doing some shows with that band and amending or adding to what you just heard from Ann Wilson. A heart show has been announced the next day after we did that interview this past Monday, and that'll be happening in Seattle with Jason Bonham opening, and that will be on New Year's Eve. I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of infection, including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. Vacations are always good. Sometimes they're even great. And Celebrity Cruises is about to ruin all of that. Because once you explore with us, you'll never want a vacation any other way. And with new Quick Caribbean Escapes, you'll never want a weekend any other way either. Celebrity Cruises. Nothing comes close. Visit Celebrity.com, call 1-800-CELEBRITY, or contact your travel advisor. Ships Registry, Malta and Ecuador. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Second interview for you this week on the podcast. One of my favorites here. This is Dave Perner, lead singer and founding member of Soul Asylum. Uh, Dave is joining us to talk about all kinds of stuff. He missed the interview we were supposed to do the day earlier, but he made it up by calling in the next day, and here's how that conversation went. Dave, how are you, buddy? Hello, Eddie. How are you, man? I'm good. We had all, you had all points bulletins out looking for you yesterday, bud. Yeah. That that was my bad. I owe you a, a big apology there. I got in late from Nashville the night before, and uh, I don't know, temporary lapse in reason. No, or hey, I turned what? my phone off, Eddie. It was one or the other. Anyways, Dude, shit happens. Still sucks. 
<laughs> shit happens no worries at all wasn't that a pink floyd album pink floyd was i think a momentary lapse of reason if i recall actually i well of course you're correct <laughs> hey i just um i just finished up with charlie star from blackberry smoke are you familiar with that band uh yeah i am i mean i don't i couldn't uh tell you the name of their album but i hear they're cool they're cool. I think you'd like them. They've been around about 20 years. He uh, he heard me promoing that you were coming up and said to relay to you that he's a big fan and that he also said that at one point you, I believe, worked with a keyboard player named Char- uh, Joey Hoffman. And he said, Joey to Hoffman, rela- right. he, yeah, he said to relay that to you and that uh, he l- hopes to meet you one day and he, he loves what you do. So relaying so- a message from... Uh, Someone else in the music community for you. Yeah, that's great, man. We're always looking for bands to tour with, and I, I have heard that those guys uh, are a band that I would like, so I'll be checking them out a little more. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So what's been going on with you, man? What have you been up to? You guys been doing some scattered dates. You said you were in, you were in Nashville. You're writing, you're recording. What are you up to? Yeah, we just did a four shows in the... I don't even want to talk about it. It was disorienting, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> wait a minute, why? It's hilarious. Wait, 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 wait. why? I, I love these well, stories. Why? We were in Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Nashville, and um, one of the gigs was a black tie fundraiser for diabetes, and one of the gigs was at a casino, and then we went to Nashville, so it just had this kind of surreal angle because they're not none. Of, the thing in Nashville was like a booking agent sort of convention type of thing. So none of the gigs were like where we usually play. However, we'll play oh. just about anywhere, you know. Right. But it, it was it was just a little a little surreal, but you know I'm used to that. <laughs> Do you like that variation in your touring schedule, or you would prefer some sort of more consistency or normalcy yeah man i think that you know if if every well i guess it would get boring if every club was the same but you know every club's got its its idiosyncrasies has its you know inconveniences um so consistency is good i mean tour and we got a bus and we're playing at amphitheaters every day. It turns into Groundhog Day. Pretty, you know, but you know what to expect. You know all the gear is going to work. You know that, you know, certain things are going to be consistent, which is which is different than every night you don't know what's going to happen and if a PA is going to work or, you know, if the people running the club are going to be jerks or whatever the situation may be. Um consistency is nice <laughs> and you do you soul asylum does find themselves on all sorts of different kinds of bills playing with so many different bands i remember last time i talked to you one time i talked to you a few years ago you were on some package and you're like i'm not sure what we're doing on this tour i mean so yeah. i always love your honesty with that the last time i saw you was uh, in Vegas outside in the heat outside in, at, on Fremont Street uh, between Hoobastank and Alien Ant Farm. So you guys I, will uh, pop up anywhere. The indoor-outdoor street. 
It's very right. disorienting. It's like a street with a roof on it. Right, exactly. But yeah, it's it's hard for us to find bands that are. Um, I don't. I don't even know bands bands that uh, that are uh, sort of. I can't, you know, I can't go on tour with the Butthole Surfers, but uh, every now and then there's a pleasant surprise, and every now and then it's, well, we're going to try to get bands from your era, and it, it's, it's it's a various uh, element of, I guess they're trying to do is just put butts in seats, as they say. Yeah, I mean, but and along those lines, I mean, I, when I talk to fellow Soul Asylum fans and even people that call this show, they're all they all like because I we all feel Soul Asylum is the type of band that can really fit on a lot of different bills with a lot of different types of rock bands. We wish we could see you more out there a little bit and maybe on some of these big summer rock festivals and stuff. Does that appeal to you or do you not want to do that sort of stuff? Do you prefer to stay kind of more in the the smaller venues and kind of control things more? Uh, it's it's a good question. There's, there's good things about both things. Um, if you're on a bill with a band that you really like and they're fun to hang out with, all those kind of things matter, you know? And I, I mean, I think the favorite opening tour that I've ever done was opening for Keith Richards and the winos. And it just, it was a tour where I would watch the headlining band every night. And, um, you know, when you're opening for somebody that you kind of look up to and uh, it makes a difference, it brings a, you got to bring your, your A game and you know that people are, you know, pretty serious music fans that are there, um, which differs than say a outdoor festival that's, I don't know, at a racetrack <laughs> or, you know, people are just curiosity seekers and they're, they're kind of know music a little here and there. And, you know, it's just different. So I, I suppose the best kind of crowd is the crowd that's really, really into into it. Into it, Eddie. <laughs> well, into it, and I would think into, yeah, into your music and your band. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so right. I toured England, and it was, it was great. Uh, I didn't know what to expect, but people were very much into it. And uh, that's always a pleasant surprise if you haven't been somewhere in a little while. So, when you did you go know, there? Rec it, it you went there recently. You went there yeah, recently, Dave. Six months, six months ago, or some something. Yes, recently. Yes. And how long yeah. had it been since you you played there? Fucking like nine years or something. I'm sorry. Is this the? I, excuse no, my can, French. You can you can curse. You can curse. Hmm. Right on. <laughs> and you can say whatever the fuck you want, no problem. Um, wow. Why had it been? Why did it had it been so long since you went over to England? I don't know. Just it's just the way the cookie crumbles. I have no concept of why things happen when they happen, and uh, it's been that way my whole life. And people that know me don't understand why I don't know where I'm going. 
And I'm like, okay, you got to, you know, make your calendar and tell us all where you're going to be in three weeks. And I'm like, I maybe a gig will come up. I don't know. Um, so I just kind of stopped because we would make a program before we go on tour about when and where everything was going to happen. And it would change day to day. And we would call that program the Book of Lies. And, um, yeah, you know, I've just sort of grown accustomed to expecting things to change. You know, hurry up and wait is not uh, lost on me. (laughs) All right, well, let's talk about something that uh, you're currently promoting that's out there. You know, Soul Asylum has been around long enough now that you're reaching a point where you've got things in your history and your catalog that hit these benchmark anniversary years, whether it's 20, 30 years, what have you. And uh, mind-blowingly, 30 years since you did MTV Unplugged back in 1993, when MTV very much embraced you coming off of the breakthrough album Grave Dancers Union and Runaway Train and Black Gold and Somebody to Shove and suddenly here you are all over TV and a whole new world is discovering your band after many records and then you get asked to do this thing called Unplugged which was a big deal back then. Uh, This is now out. This came out on vinyl and it will also be coming soon to the streaming services. What are your recollections about having done MTV uh, Unplugged back in 93? Well, I, I think that when we made the the demos for Grave Dancers, Grave Dancers Union, uh, I was I was experimenting, for lack of a better expression, with the acoustic guitar. So the timing uh, to be asked to play Unplugged was was perfect because we'd been playing in that sort of situation with acoustic guitars and not a lot of amplification. Um, that was a coincidence. Um, my recollections of it are that uh, the MTV people were very professional. They knew what they were doing. And when I listened back to it, I was like, it sounds great. Um, I was, you know, it's not very often you listen to something you did 30 years ago and go, hey, man, that sounds way better than I thought it might or could. But, um, you know, the band was on players. We had Ivan Neville playing keyboards. Um, and, uh, yeah, everything went surprisingly smoothly, as opposed to the things I was talking about earlier where you never know if something's going to break or fall apart in the middle of a song. Um, so, yeah, I mean... Frankly, I'm shocked that it sounds as good as it does. <laughs> was it? Like was it? Um, doing, Eddie? I don't know. <laughs> when it when it uh, aired on MTV back 30 years ago, did what is what's coming out more expansive than what actually aired? Is this like an unedited version where there are more songs on the? on this 30th anniversary release? Uh, There is. The way that they did it, to my recollection, (laughs) it was a long time ago, Eddie. (laughs) But um, there was some sort of a like a dry run, which is also the way they do Saturday Night Live. They'll do the show 
for like a, a studio audience and then they'll pick things from the show before the show to decide which skits they're going to do. So there, during this extended sound check, we played some different songs, a couple different covers and whatever. So they're including some of that stuff. And it's also edited down to, I don't know how many minutes, the actual show is but we played an extra 20 minutes so whatever was not in the show will probably be on the record yes yeah you normally a tv hour in in tv time and hours you can hear me dave uh-huh. uh usually an hour in tv time is somewhere around 48 minutes so if it would if the telecast yeah. was was an hour on TV, it's probably about 48 minutes of actual content. I think this record is a bit uh, longer running time. But but at that time, if you can go back, I mean, listening to the performance, it, it's such an interesting time for Soul Asylum because up to that point, you guys had made a number of records. You had been around for a while already. But to a lot of people with Grave Dancers Union and the the three big songs on that record, the biggest being Runaway Train. I mean, suddenly the band, you, you're all over this MTV. You've got, you probably attracted a whole new audience at that time who thought Grave Dancers was maybe even your first record. Do you remember, you know, where things were at for you guys at that point? Did you feel like a, did it feel uh, good to, to finally have crossed a whole nother threshold and be, having MTV specials done after all these years of plugging away? Well, sure. I mean, it. the, the first thing that you notice is that you've got a recording budget. So, you know, I got to work with, when we signed to A&M, I got to work with Ed Stasium and Lenny Kay, you know, the Ramones guy and the Patti Smith guy, and uh, et cetera. Um, so we were taking every opportunity as you know just another day at some point we were so busy that there was no there wasn't a lot of sitting around and patting each other on the back and going hey man we finally made it or something to that effect um there was a lot of extracurricular activity what i would call it other people might call it the dirty work which i might call it sometimes which is just photo shoots and stuff, promo. And part of it got non-musical to me because you're not, you're like, ah, you're going to, you're going to Europe and you're doing a press tour going, why aren't we playing? You know? Um, so, you know, it's mixed. It's disorienting a lot of the time. It's confusing a lot of the time and you get to eat at good restaurants and uh, that's new. Uh, but you know I think it'd be hard to argue that people treating you well is something that's not cool oh all of a sudden this dirty punk rock band Scorn whatever getting escorted to a table at a restaurant it's kind of funny so there's this and a sarcasm in, in Soul Asylum where you take it in stride, but you're kind of, you're laughing inside just because you know it's, oh, I don't know, just it's very... Uh, fleeting? Fleeting? Shade. 
Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's just funny. I mean, so uh, when I look back at it, I look for the laughs and, you know, I look for the irony and I look for the things that I was like, oh, we didn't see that coming. But, uh, you know, I'm getting introduced to, uh, oh, someone I wouldn't normally be introduced to. (laughs) (laughs) But, But Dave, how did you... How did you personally handle this period uh, as you just called yourself a dirty punk rock band at the time? Suddenly you're on magazine covers. You're the front man of the, the band. Your face is all over MTV. Runaway Train is this huge hit. You got somebody to shove on the radio. You got Black Gold. You got all this stuff going on. Suddenly there's all this new attention. Suddenly you're like a recognizable guy and all of that. How how do you, as a dirty punk rock guy, handle all that at that time thirty years ago? Did you feel you handled it well, or did you feel you could have handled it better? I think you could always handle it better, but if you know how to do that, that you're pretty savvy. I don't know what I don't know how you get better at. You know, you're you're taken aback when you're a punk rock band and you don't really know how to shake someone's hand and be polite. And you're you're just kind of shy and you don't, you're like, what am I doing here? All the time. You're like, what am I doing here? (laughs) And some people think it's kind of funny. Oh, here comes a dirty punk rock band. Uh, Aren't they cute? Um, Other times it's like, get these guys out of here. (laughs) Tell them there was a dress code or, or something, you know? Um, so, uh, again, it's something that if you're taking yourself too seriously, I think you're screwed. Um, it's probably easy for people to just absorb it to the point where they just become an inflated version of themselves. And uh, you start to believe that you're special or something. But, I mean, I think we had a 20-year crust on us that was pretty impenetrable i don't know 15 year crust it was a crusty crust and uh you know there's a lot of uh you know a lot of people that are they seem less than sincere they're just doing their job and they're telling you that you're great and you know that they don't know your music but you're like thanks (laughs) you know right Right. Very spinal tap, Bobby Fleckman, PR, all that sort of stuff. I get it. Fleckman, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, the, so MTV Unplugged, of course, was a TV show at its core at the time. This is coming out for on all digital services on November 10th. You did a vinyl version for Record Store Day that is out. But the other logical question here, being a TV show... Who has the video? I'm assuming MTV. And will there be a a video re-release of this in any way? Or do you not know that? Oh, uh, that's a good question, Eddie. Let me uh, put you on with my people who think they know what they're talking about. Um, <laughs> I think I did ask that question at some point. And usually people say stuff like, oh, yeah, that'll come out. And that's the answer. And here I am 30 years later. People have been, I mean, this is going to come out in one way or another for 30 years. But to be honest, I forgot all about it. I mean, I was just like, really? You're putting it out now? Like, 
okay? So <laughs> I don't have a real vested interest in anticipating things like this because I don't know. Record companies make a decision to do things according to their schedule or whatever. I mean, I think a big strength that is easy to overlook is that the band is still very active and very alive and the name is still current. So to say, oh, look what we did 30 years ago, it it feels pretty good to me. And I think that at the time, you know, Unplugged was very different. Everything that you saw on MTV was a lip-syncing video. So this was the only thing on MTV where people were actually playing their instruments and actually singing. We didn't do any fixes at all, any post-production. So if it proves anything, it proves that we could play. And, you know, that's got to mean something. (laughs) Yeah, no, and that's a very good point, which I I never thought of. A really good point, actually, because it was the only... MTV didn't run a lot of, like, live electric concerts, so it was the one way you could actually hear these bands and hear what they actually sounded like if you went to go see them play live, and, and it was unplugged. Now, bringing this around to Soul Asylum now... And I can attest that the band is as kick-ass as ever, and I absolutely love going to see you whenever I have the opportunity to see the band. But in addition to the full-on band shows, you have also you and Ryan have been actually going out doing some acoustic shows, right? That is correct. Yes. And we how's that been going? Nashville the night before last. Uh, it was great. I mean, the worst part is that we had to follow like live rock bands so you can two guys go out there with acoustics after some loud band just played you feel pretty naked you know um so i peppered it with some of my special jokes and it kind of put people at ease um and get the fuck out of there without screwing up um which i did all that stuff so (laughs) i was like all right victory (laughs) accomplished yes (laughs) right right so all right so um a couple other things and i'll let you go what it's been a couple years two three years since the the last record which was a great record i loved it uh hurry up and wait the, the, the latest record to date um where are you at as far as new music and and uh when people can expect a new soul asylum record well i'll tell you we got uh 12 songs that are We cut them here in Minneapolis, and then I did the singing in New York at the Hip Factory, and we will be mixing, hopefully, at Electric Lady in New York uh, sometime late, uh, hopefully early in November. And um, I've just been adding a few, the guys are singing a few more background vocals here in my basement, but all the tracks are live. There's no hocus pocus. It's very raw. And that's exciting to me. I mean, the band can play like never before, which is uh, amazing. Some of the things that we play on this record would have taken us 40 takes 30 years ago, but it took us three or four. Um, So it's very spontaneous and and live. And I'm excited about it, (laughs) which is pretty important. Um, It's not controlled. Whereas the last 
couple records. It, it was more like putting pieces together. I'm going to go home to my home studio and you're going to go home to yours. We're going to add some overdubs. We're going to bring them back in the studio, put it all together, fuck around with it some more, blah, blah, blah. There's like song. There was a song that an acoustic guitar to a click. And then the, when we added the band after that, which is backwards. So there was none of that kind of stuff at all. Uh, very live performances. Anyhow, I got a couple questions for you, Eddie. Uh oh. Okay. First of all, a quick anecdote. We were just in Nashville and there was a band doing covers, right? And if you go up and down Broadway, which is why I sent you that picture of the district, which is apparently a historically protected area. So all these bands are playing all at the same time and you can hear them all playing at the same time. So we go into a place for a sandwich and the band's taking requests. And my guitar player, God bless him, has a $20 bill. It's like 20 bucks for a request. And he requests from help, Pantera. And she goes, okay. The singer brings it back to the band. And she comes back. She goes, nope, we can't do it. Ace of Spades. Wait, Dave, 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 hold on. Your phone dropped out for a second. What was the song that was requested? Uh, The Cowboys from Hell by Pantera. Pantera. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Nashville, you know. And then Ace of Spades. Nope, they couldn't do that either. And then I went, okay, I got it. A thing called love by the darkness, and of course they knew that one. But it was very challenging for the female singer to sing. Talking to my kid who lives in Chicago, and he's a hip hop kid, Eddie. All hip hop for this kid, and I hadn't seen him in quite some time. And I and he said, uh, "Dad, uh, I've been listening to lately." And I'm like, "What?" And he goes, "Heavy metal." And I, heavy metal. Can you now? I said, well, what kind of heavy metal? And he goes, you know, really extreme heavy metal. And I'm like, well, what? what, Give me an example. And he said, mayhem. And I'm like, okay, I understand what that is. Now, with that context, Eddie, can you recommend three metal records for my 20 year old son? Well, I'm not into extreme metal personally, but if he's looking to like, cut his teeth on metal and learn like the roots of metal, I would probably direct him towards, um, well, I believe heavy metal started with the black, the first black Sabbath album back in 1970. Yep. So I would, I would definitely, definitely put that in there. I think the other building block of what is known as heavy metal after Sabbath would be Judas priest. So I'd probably direct him towards British Steel or Screaming for Vengeance even, something in the middle period there. And then after that... The gnarliest. The gnarliest Judas Priest album? Yeah. In terms of intensity, in terms of intensity, probably Painkiller, which is uh, the the title track, the song Painkiller. Have him pull that up on YouTube. That's that's pretty intense. And then uh, the next block I would go to would probably be an Iron Maiden record, and I'd probably direct them to The Number of the Beast or, or Peace of Mind. All right. Thank you very much. Uh, you know, I'm impressed that I know all, this, all these bands. <laughs> well, you told me once you wanted to do a metal record with Soul Asylum at some point. That's true. I got a real 
soft spot for hard rock. That's kind of funny. You know, I was at a metal festival this past weekend in Indio, this huge event, Power Trip, ACDC, Maiden, Priest, Guns N' Roses, huge deal, right? And I hung out mm-hmm. the whole weekend with Chris Robinson from the Black Crows. And we watched the bands together and we hung out the whole time. And Chris has told me he's having this whole epiphany getting into this into this music. So he was leaning on me. We were comparing notes and he likes all kinds of stuff. But I was trying to put together, I said to Chris, I go, well, if we go into the Black Crows catalog, let's talk about like the, the hardest rock Black Crows song. So I'm pushing him into that area, maybe making a heavy rock record. All right. Well, this next Soul Asylum record has some very, very heavy, so heavy, Eddie, that you won't be able to lift it kind of heavy. <laughs> heavy shit on here. Well, you guys, but that's what I love about your band, because not only do I love your songs, and I love the softer stuff, too, but there is there is a lot of edge and attitude and aggression in some of the songs as well. So, I mean, you've always, I mean, that's the beauty of your band. You touch on a lot of different things. That's right, man. We just played in Birmingham, and we did not uh, disappoint the black something that was just like it was a Lemmy club. They had Lemmy's their logo and everything and uh you know they could have stoned us but <laughs> i think i think we passed the audition i hope so anyways <laughs> hey real quick and i'll let you go on this i don't know about the photo you're talking about sending me because i didn't get that but what i did get from you via text a while ago was a text telling me that you were watching a very disturbing documentary on gary glitter and that oh, yeah. you, you you told me I should see it, but what you never told me is how can I see it? Ever since you sent me the text, I can't find the documentary. Where did you see it? Oh man, I probably can't. I'm sure I came across it on YouTube, just by chance. Yeah, I, I got to remember and had a title, but it's disturbing. I got to search. I mean, I know his <laughs> disturbing story, but I got to find it because I love docs. And I'd love to see. There yeah. should be a doc on Soul Asylum. Has anybody ever talked about doing a Soul Asylum documentary? Yeah, here and there, here and there. And it doesn't really spark my interest. I'm happy with the book I wrote. I don't really need to tell a tell all. Just there's too much. You know what it is, Eddie. There's too many different ways to interpret a memory. <laughs> <laughs> If you got four too. guys in a band, they're all going to run four different ways, pretty much. And if you take their picture, they're all going to just look at the picture of themselves. This is rudimentary <laughs> rock and <that> shit. <laughs> Listen, man, I always love talking to you. I, I, I love your music. I love what you do. Keep at it. I can't wait for the new record. Um, want to remind everybody that what what you actually called in to talk about and promote is out. Uh, Soul Asylum, the complete unplugged New York City 1993, out on vinyl now on all digital service providers starting November 10th. I've had a chance to listen to it. It's great to go down these roads again and hear this stuff again. But I'm excited for the new music, so I'm sure we'll be talking for that. And I did look. I know the odds of you getting to Vegas are probably pretty remote. Oh, but I oh, did. Eddie, I, not to drop names, but our new 
record is being produced by Steve Jordan, the drummer in the Rolling Stones. There's a little name dropping for you. Anyway, well, that's awesome. Who played? Who played in Soul Asylum previous? Right. Uh, well, he produced a record about 25 years ago. The horse hang they time. Were on. Oh, I thought it was hang the time. The one after that, yeah, you're pretty close. Uh, but Steve didn't actually play with you at one, one point. And he played with us on Letterman once when our drummer got sick, which was kind of funny because he used to be the drummer on Letterman. Right. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's awesome that Steve is doing. Yeah, he's great. He's just amazing. And it was very comfortable and really creative to be together with Steve again. So yeah, I'm sure you can hear that on the record. And Nico Bolas is mixing and doing some of the engineering, who's Neil Young's guy. and I got good people on this record, I'm telling you. Oh, do, do, I keep wanting to let you go, but I keep forgetting things. So hold on a second. Speaking of drummers, um, you, so, so Prince, so Michael Bland told me that Prince recorded a Soul Asylum song Stand mm-hmm. Up and Be Strong from my favorite yeah. Soul Asylum record, Silver Lining, which is 11 years mm-hmm. old now, which is crazy. And yeah. so so Prince co- Prince covered one of your songs that you wrote. And when Correct. Michael told me that, I was like, God, that's crazy. Will that ever come out? As I'm sure you know, it did come out. I'm assuming you heard it. Yeah. What'd you like think it. of it? I, Michael's not crazy about it, but I, I like it because it's just it's just cool to have your song princified. Yeah. And uh he took a few liberties which I thought was great. You know, he really added his own thing to it and I don't know, he just believed in the song, he really liked the song and I actually never thought that it would see the light of day and then people are telling me, Oh man, there's a tape in the vaults that has your name on it and I'm like uh, what is that? So I'm surprised that it actually did come out. And uh, the first time we listened to it, we were in a car and it came on the car stereo. And the first line of the song comes in and I looked at my tour manager and I was like, what the hell is going on here? And he has a woman sing the first line of the song. So we were like, well, Prince sounds really different. And then he comes in. So <laughs> that was kind of a fun thing to uh, listen to, experience. But I think it's cool. I mean, you know. Did you ever meet Prince, Being from also being from Minneapolis? Yeah, Did you ever meet him? Uh, of course. I mean, it's Minneapolis, so it's, it's not the world. And I would run into him at First Avenue all the time. And we worked at Paisley Park a lot. I'd see him in the hallways, and I saw him and sort of had a like i was like dude he put minneapolis on the map and you know uh and he just he gave me that you know that print smile where one part of his his mouth moves into a smile and then he does this kind of like shy blush thing he did that for me <laughs> I was like you're great dude and he does the prince look and i'm like all right <laughs> But yeah, but do, you didn't. But fun. you didn't know he covered one of your songs until Michael told you. He didn't tell Michael you he was going to do me, it, yeah. right? Yeah, Michael called me from Paisley Park and said, uh, 
I'm here with Prince, and he wants your blessing to do this song. And that's like, okay. <laughs> and that was it. That was the last I'd heard of it. So, you know, Weird Al Yankovic did not ask me for his blessing, for my blessing. <laughs> Which doesn't what really matter, do? but it was kind of sweet that, you know, he asked for permission or my blessing. I'm like, of course Prince can have my blessing. Anyone can have my blessing. <laughs> what song did anyway, Weird Al do? I don't remember, Dave. He did Frustrated. Uh, he did Syndicated Incorporated, which was Misery. Oh, <laughs> all right. Got it. Yeah, it was all, all right. about TV shows or something, yeah. Right, right. Well, listen, man, um, as I was saying when in closing, um, I sent you the invite. I'm having a big uh, party for my 40th year in radio in Vegas in December. There's going to be tons of people there jamming and hanging. So if you could ever find your way to be here, right. it would be amazing to have you here. I'll send you the invite again if you need it. But uh, it'll be a fun right. night. Yeah. And uh, it'd be it'd be awesome if you made it. But I understand it's Vegas and not convenient for you. But feel like coming and blowing off some steam. It'll be a fun night. Right on, man. Well, congratulations. Thank you, man. Great to talk to you. Everybody check out uh, Soul Asylum and MTV Unplugged, 30-year anniversary, full concert, November 10th, streaming everywhere, vinyl out there now. I guess we'll talk to you next. Um, well, hit me if you need anything, and, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you next uh, around the time you start putting out some of this new music. Can't wait to hear it. It's always a pleasure, man. Take care. All right, Dave, you too. Bye-bye. Oh, that guy is a character. <laughs> Always loved talking to Dave. And he sent me down the Gary Glitter rabbit hole. I ended up watching like three documentaries on YouTube, Disturbing Indeed, uh, that Dave told me about uh, for Gary Glitter. But love Soul Asylum. Great that that acoustic stuff is coming out 30 years later in its full form. And uh, looking forward to new music from them and always looking forward to seeing them play live. Phenomenal band. And uh, Dave is always a trip. Always fun to talk to. Appreciate him joining us. Thanks for listening to the podcast. You can always connect with me on social media at Eddie Trunk, Twitter or X, Instagram, and on the Facebook page. EddieTrunk.com is the website. If you're attending the Sands in Cancun coming up in early November, I'll see you there. That's my next appearance. Looking forward to that. Also, just added to be hosting some shows at the Whiskey in L.A. leading into New Year's Eve. I'll be with Stephen Piercy on the 29th, and I will be with uh, Faster Pussycat on the 30th at the Legendary Whiskey in Hollywood, California. Those just added as well. So I'll be seeing you towards the end of the year if you're in Southern California. Lots of good stuff going on. Keep an eye on my social media. And please check out my radio show each and every weekday, Trunk Nation, Faction Talk Channel 103 on Sirius XM, live daily, 3 to 5 Eastern, or anytime on the Sirius XM app. That's where the interviews you heard on the podcast originated from. Have a great week, everybody. Hope to catch you on the radio. If not, back next Thursday with another new podcast. I won't let my active psoriatic arthritis joint symptoms define me. 
Emerge as you. Tremphia guselkumab is proven to significantly reduce joint pain, stiffness, and swelling in adults with active psoriatic arthritis. Some patients even reported less fatigue as assessed by survey one week prior. Results may vary. Tremphia is taken by injection six times a year after two starter doses at week zero and four. Serious allergic reactions may occur. Tremphia may increase your risk of infections and lower your ability to fight them. Before treatment, your doctor should check you for infections and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms of infection, including fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough. Tell your doctor if you had a vaccine or plan to. Emerge as you. Learn more about Tremphia, including important safety information, at tremphia.com or call 1-877-578-3527. See our ad in Food & Wine magazine. For patients prescribed Tremphia, cost support may be available. The living room is where you make life's most beautiful memories. But your sofa shouldn't be the one remembering them. The new life-resistant, high-performance furniture collection from Ashley is designed to withstand all the spills, slip-ups, and muddy paws that come with the best parts of life. Ashley high-performance sofas and recliners are soft, on-trend, and easy to clean. Shop the high-performance furniture in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.